This is a Web Canopy Studio production. John. It's good to be back on Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Horsberger. We should get your name in the header. That'd be nice. Do you want me to talk now? Yeah. Last time you yelled at me for talking while you had you were planning some big, big introduction. And I, I spoke too early, so I'm not going to make that mistake. you got to know social cues. It's very easy to know when it's your turn to talk. It's very easy. You're kind of unpredictable. You're unpredictable. Name that singer. Oh. Chuck Berry. Wrong, 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 wrong. Anyways, All-Star Game's coming up. Kane hit 1,000 points. Carlson's being a little baby with the Sharks. The Game of the Decade was announced. My man Larry Walker's going to the Hall. There's some lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff to break down. Where do you, Let's just start with my former teammate, Patty Kane. Yep. Career milestone, 1,000 points. That's that's a pretty big deal. I feel like he's like the fifth guy to do it this year, too. It's come up a lot. Eric Stahl just had it this week, too. Yeah, he, Eric Stahl got it, I think, yesterday. Yeah. He he reached that mark. Mind you, Eric Stahl's probably pay, played five, six more years than Patty yep. has. Um, more guys are hitting it. Guys are playing longer. They're taking better care of their bodies. So you'll notice more guys are hitting 1,000 games than ever before. 20 years ago, no one hit 1,000 games except for a few, a handful of guys. A couple more years, you might have had six goals. Oh, man, I did an interview with Michael Landsberg today for some show on TSN, and he, he was doing subtle jabs, and he's so good at it. He's like, you know, most guys, when they make the NHL, um, before they came to the NHL, they were their, the star guys on their, on their team. But don't get me wrong, I, I, would, I wouldn't say that about you, right? Are you? Am I correct? Like, yes, Michael. <laughs> I've never really scored goals ever, even to this day on my men's league. I don't score goals. I'm Although, a, didn't you say you led your high school team to a championship or something? Yes, but I didn't score. Yeah, you can lead your team by not scoring, and that's what I. That's what I do. There it is. I am a defensive stalwart. Was that the best time? The last time you were the best player on your team in, in high school? school? Um, in college, I think I was. Okay. Well, it's uh, the best player is relative. I didn't get the most points. Yeah. But I was very effective and impactful. So, you know, from the outside looking in, probably no. But from the inside looking out, probably yes. Sure. Yeah. But anyways, congratulations, Patty Kane. A thousand points. I don't know what, you know, kind of pace he's on. If he's on pace to get like 1,500 points or 1,400. But I would imagine for his draft class, he's got to be the first one to hit it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I saw a graphic today that with 400 or so more points, he'll pass Stan Makita for the most points all time as a Blackhawk, which he'll do easily. Yeah, he'll I do would in four years probably. Yeah, he'll four get in five. four years. Yeah, he is he is a very very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, right? Well, he was left off that list of top ten players of the decade. It, it last is week. it is bizarre. Like he gets recognition, he gets awards, he gets nominated for things, but. When you consistently talk about the best players in the league, no one talks about them. Yeah. They talk about the McDavid's, the Crosby's, the Ovechkin's, the Dreinsteidels. They you don't you never mention Patrick Kane. Ever since Chicago kind of took that turn towards not being an elite team, no one talks about Kane anymore. And when when you came to the, to Chicago, did you kind of see right away that he was just I mean obviously his reputation precedes him, but did you see the little things he did or like how he acted or how he carried himself where you knew this is like Okay, this is what it takes to be a superstar. Yeah, everyone's heard about the outside stuff, right? You hear yeah. about, oh, he's getting in trouble with um, the cab driver mm-hmm. and, you know, he's out partying. He did He did do that. He was very immature when I was there still. He, you know, was a young kid still trying to figure out how to be a professional. But you also saw little glimpses of why this kid is so special. In practice, he would just throw a bucket of pucks on the ice and he would take one and and we're not talking 10, 15, 20 pucks. We're talking probably 35, 45 pucks. And he would just dangle through every puck. I've seen those videos on YouTube. Those are real. Yeah. And he doesn't do it slow because guys were going after him. 
and I would go in after him, and I would like take my like I didn't want to <laughs> hit any pucks because you're that's the object is to not touch a puck and to go through it as fast as you can. He would go through it with such speed, and not only would he not hit the puck with his own puck and his stick, his skates would not touch any puck. It was amazing for his awareness. It's it's just he's just got the best hands I've ever seen. Yeah. No kidding. Like just to be able to handle a puck like that, it's pretty special. And to do it at full speed is just it's very rare. And he would do that every single day. And he would work on just little stuff like taking a puck in your skates up to your stick upstairs, backhand upstairs, backhand upstairs. He's got a very 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 good backhand shot. Yeah. His little spinorama backhand. Man, he worked on that a lot. Did you, would you say he was more talented than everyone else naturally, or he worked harder than everybody else, or some combination of the two? He were he worked hard, but he definitely had a gift. Like he was yeah. very talented, and he utilized it. Like he he worked on his his skill set. Like he is so good, and he's underrated strong. Like really? he's a very strong, compact little guy. Like he he worked his tail off in the gym with our with our trainer Paulie Goodman and. Every before every game, he'd go through a stretching routine and his you know warm ups, and he he was by by the time I left, you could tell his progression. Even though it was only two years, he had grown, and man, was he a good player. He he was, yeah, he still is. I guess one of the top players in the league. It's impressive. That's one word you never really hear much about him is strong. You never think of oh, oh Kaner's a strong guy. Yeah, strong but he is. Yeah. You never see him get pushed off the puck. If Marner would put on some weight. And put on a little more muscle, he would be a Patrick Kane. Yeah, I think Kaner is exactly like Mitch Marner, but Kaner's a little bit more stronger in the puck, and I think Kaner does have better hands. But very similar type player. But yeah, I think Patrick is just stronger and better overall. But yeah, congrats to Kaner, thousand points. That's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. Like I don't know how many games he's played. What eight hundred, nine hundred, nine something? Yeah, man, that's that's a that's a pretty healthy tick especially this day where like there's not many goals being scored like it was the defensive goaltending era and he was putting up that kind of numbers hall of fame gotta be oh yeah he's first ballot guarantee you yeah. think first ballot yeah. gotta be three cups one con Smythe. i mean he's the best player of the of the 2010s points wise even though he's left off whatever list not, not on the all decade team apparently yeah. Um, and actually, he just he came up on the um, the goal of the decade was his goal again in Game Six in overtime against the Flyers, the one that no one thought went in, but he was the only one who knew it. That's that not goal? the goal of the decade. The internet says that it was. But why? Just for I, I get that it's the goal of the decade for sheer how important that goal was because to get an overtime Stanley Cup winning goal is very rare. Yeah, were there any other overtime Stanley Cup winning goals in the decade? Not in the decade. No, right. But arguably, if you're just talking sheer difficulty level, it's not a – he just yeah. shot it yeah. from a bad angle and it stuck between the goalie's legs. Yeah. Like it wasn't a spectacular goal. But, yeah, I get just because of the sheer weight of the goal, they won the Stanley Cup. It, was it only NHL? Because I, I would argue that Crosby's um, overtime goal in the Olympics was better. Who They, they beat USA. Why are, you, why are you slouching down? That game was very difficult for me. Why? I was rooting for USA, man. Did you have any money on the line? No money. Any skin Just in the game? A lot of emotions. Any cash cash to the bookie? No. Well, then why? No, I just hated that. That was awful. Well, so sorry. That, that <laughs> brings up so many bad memories. But, yeah, I guess it was just NHL only. So. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, anyways, good for Kaner. I think he deserves it. I think he'll hit 1,500 points. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Would you question? Would you take him or Ovechkin? If you were going to draft a player, if they were the same age, coming out of juniors or Russia, wherever they're coming from, on the board you have Kane, Ovechkin. Who do you take? Man, what? Uh, my first instinct is to say Ovechkin. Yeah. Just because of the goals alone. He's going to have a bigger impact on the game. He plays physical. But Kane just got three cups, right? Not at that time, though. You don't know. You yeah. just you just see this young kid. I take Ovi then. I would take Ovi. You take Ovi for I the shot. Yeah, for that. Yeah, for the leadership, the sexiness of it. Kaner's <laughs> not a leader. No, that is for sure. He yeah. he never is one to rally a team. 
if anything, he has the opposite effect where he kind of gets down on himself and he gets in yelling matches with teammates and it's not really um, conducive to a, a positive environment where really? he's screaming at the defenseman, give me the stinking puck, get it on my tape, stop slowing me down. Really? And then you got Duncan screaming back at him, why don't you come back in the zone and help us out? You're useless. <laughs> You're not playing defense. And this goes back and forth. And finally, Taser will stand up and be like, why don't you both sit down and be quiet? We're trying to play a game. And mind you, I cleaned up the language quite a bit. Yeah. But that was a, a monthly occurrence. Really? When they would just kind of – boil over if someone didn't get Kane or the puck when he thought he deserved it or Duncan saw too many three-on-twos and he just kind of boiled over and those two would just go at it. Really? It was great. And I would just <laughs> sit there like, huh, don't don't mention me, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. You guys won the cup last year. It's it's funny, too, how like how different him and, and Taze are. Completely. They could not be more different personalities. Polar opposite. Like Bergeron and Marshawn, similar thing, too. And they, they could not be more different. And in a way like that, they make good foils of each other, right? They, they kind of complement each other on the ice and off the ice. Yeah, a little yin and yang. Well, you saw him even at the convention when you were in the same room. Like, yeah. Taser's very professional, comes up and introduces himself, and just a very professional hockey player. And Kaner just couldn't, wouldn't give you the time of day. Just yeah, he's got his out. phone out. He's, he's texting who knows what. And he's showtime. Like, he's, that's just how he is. Whereas Patrick or um, Jonathan is just, you know, he's the captain. Yeah, and he takes that role very serious. I mean, you talked even at twenty three years old, he was like he was like a father figure in the in the locker room. It's yeah, just, it's crazy to like me. Yeah, I was blown away by T- uh, Taser, and he still is exactly the same guy. No matter how many cups he wins, or how many gold medals, or how many awards, he's just normal Johnny from Winnipeg. Do you remember that event? Maybe ten years ago when they won their first cup. I think they named a lake after Taser in like Upper Canada. And it was super controversial because the only other guys that had named had named, lakes named after them were like Canadian veterans or Canadian Medal of Honor winners, and yeah. he was like the first non one to do that military vet. Yeah. yeah, do you remember that story? I don't. Okay, <laughs> well, it was a story back in the day, and it was kind of controversial because it was like, who is as much as Taze is loved? It was sort of like, well, who is this kid? Yeah, he doesn't. He just it, plays hockey. Different, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it wasn't his idea. No, no. And I'm sure he was very graceful and eloquent in how he accepted the award and very humble. But uh, yeah, uh, whatever he deserves it. So, so we talked about Kaner's goal of the decade. Did you see the um, the game of the decade? I did. Yeah. What do you think? To put my preseason game versus Toronto <laughs> as the game of game of the decade is it's a big honor. It's quite an honor. It, I was unexpected, very unexpected, but I believe it. It it, it kind of re-energized the league. The NHL, the ratings were dipping, and then after that, they just kind of took off. But no, in all seriousness, yes, Boston, Toronto, yeah, game seven, twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen. The Leafs are up four to one with eleven minutes to go Something in the like third that. third period. Yeah. And then the comeback to score four straight goals oh. in regulation to win. Was, I remember I was at – it's one of those, like, where were you? I was at a – what was it, 2013? Yes. I was at a bar – oh, my gosh, where was I? In St. Catherine somewhere, I think, watching that. That's so funny. Where were you at? Uh, this is the year I graduated college, so that was, like, May of 2013 – and this is the it was happened during senior week, which is the week between when finals end and between graduation. So like everyone kind of organizes stuff, and we, I went to school in New Hampshire, so we went to like thirty or forty of us rented this beautiful um, lake house up in Maine. Hold and, on, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Twenty thirteen, I must have been. <laughs> hold on, back, back to me real quick. In Traverse City, I don't want to mix up my stories and try to deceive people. I was in Traverse City. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Was that was that important for you? I just was thinking about the date, and you said 2013 again. I was like, wait a minute. That was only seven years ago, so I must have been in Traverse City at the time. So go ahead. Thanks for clarifying that. See, that is where you should yell at me, because that was not good social cue. I'm really sorry, everybody. Because I <laughs> stepped on your story pretty heavy there. I don't even want to tell it anymore. But the name of the show is Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. Yeah. So anyways, so you're you're on Cape Cod with a group of friends. In Maine. In, in Maine, Maine. At a lake house. And uh, so, like, obviously, I think we watched both games six and seven that week up in the house. And... Uh, 
I mean, there's tons of people. Some people are more more interested in others in the game, and there's some people playing like like a drinking game or something with a uh, beer pong with a beer pong. Yep, and um, like while the com- but right before the comeback happened, someone threw the ball and it went wild, and like it trickled behind the TV. And one of the girls went to like go to behind the TV t- to grab the ball, and while she was back there in this little corner, like tucked behind the big TV, they scored the first game, the first goal of the comeback to make it four to four two. To two. And we're like, Haley, you got to stay there. <laughs> Haley, don't move. She's like, no, are you serious? And we made her stay. And then like two minutes later, they scored again. Like, Haley, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> we were like breaking her drinks because she couldn't get them. So we, she ended up staying there the whole game. And we obviously came back. You can imagine what that was like as a bunch of Bruins fans in a crazy house together. Um, it, was, it was a wild. Was just, she yeah. allowed to come out after the fifth goal? After overtime. No, after the game-winning goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you know what? I don't know. We might have made her stay back there the rest of the night until the overtime, until the uh, regulation ended. Yeah. And then, did you watch any of the subsequent series, the round two in that house with that group of people? No, no. Because it, w- was... it would have been funny if you would have threw her in the corner again. <laughs> I know. At the start of the game, just no. to make sure. Yeah, that was that was the year the Bruins ended up losing to the Blackhawks against Brian my, Bickle, my my arch enemy, Brian Bickle and Dave Boland. <laughs> I hate those guys. <laughs> you love those guys. Isn't it funny that you are kind of friends with both of them now? I didn't meet Boland. I only met Bickle. Really? Yeah. Bowley was there. I did a little thing with him, too. I know. No, we only met Bickle. Interesting. Isn't it funny how superstition works? Yeah. How even though she had no impact and no one knew. She wasn't even watching the game. She was. Well, those players playing have no clue that Haley in Maine is sitting in a corner. Yep. But you guys are so invested. Don't move! Yeah. They're going to jinx it. That's what it was. But isn't it fun? Even fans, they'll wear the same jersey to a game because they won the last time they wore that jersey. Or players do stuff. It's just, it's funny how the the brain works. Yeah. You know, it's just, or don't don't say a shutout. Don't, yeah. don't say Don't say goal. no hitter. I always say that if a goalie has a shutout with like 10 minutes left. I always used to do it. I'm like, oh, he's going to get a shutout tonight on the bench. And I remember Even like, on your team? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just something that's like so dumb. Then if they score like, John, I'm like, yeah. But if we get a shutout, no one's like, oh, you didn't ruin it. Well, and then in baseball, if a guy's got a no-hitter or a complete game going, like they don't um, they don't, they don't go near him. To him. Yeah. Yeah. Super, I mean, baseball is probably the most superstitious sport out there. Well, I, I, I think that's fine because you don't want to mess with a pitcher's mental game. Like yeah. a pitcher, they're, when they're locked in, they're locked in. You don't want to mess with you know their mojo. Speaking of baseball. Oh. Yeah. So Hall of Fame vote came out this week. Larry Walker. Larry Walker. His last time on the ballot. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him getting the announcement that he was being elected? In- the video? Yeah. Why was he wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants jacket? <laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't notice. I I was just thrown off by that. Here's this guy. He, a Canadian legend. Yeah. The second Canadian ever in the Hall of Fame. And he's wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants jacket when he's being called by the Hall of Fame. It's just... it. Threw me for a loop. I didn't understand it. You must have to be a Hall of Famer to get the joke. I don't get it. We don't get it. Yeah. Or he's just a big SpongeBob. Have you ever watched an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? Yeah, of course. You have? When I was a kid, yeah. Never seen one. It, you're too old. I am. But apparently it was a big deal, enough for Larry Walker to buy a jacket. So as like the second Canadian ever, did that mean anything to you as a Canadian that he got the Hall of Fame? Or? It's nice to get yeah. a little recognition for Canada. I think it's nice. He was a good ball player. Yeah. I think he did kind of get a few more votes this time around because there was no one else to vote for yeah it was jeter and then that was kind of it you know yeah the whole voting thing is weird but i think part of it like yeah you could say he doesn't deserve to be on there based on his stats but he's also better than other players that have been voted in there before so it's kind of like who do you compare him to i don't think jeter if you look at the stats deserves to be on there yeah jeter was not even the best shortstop in his generation no he wasn't Arguably, wasn't even the best shortstop on his team when A Rod was there. Yeah, even Nomar. Nomar. And his Nomar. Prime. Yeah. Nomar. Like Jeter hit the sweet spot when he went to the Yankees. Yeah, but he was also like like Taze, like the consummate professional. He won right. several championships. He ne- you never involved in any scandal, d- despite being like single his whole career and like the most el- eligible bachelor in the city. Yeah. Never in the paper. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then what? What intangibles does that count for being voted into the All-Star game? Just being a classy guy, being a good, good all-around 
ball player. You know what I mean? So who knows if that counts for the vote, but I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Jeter, to get 99.7% of the votes. Like, come on. Yeah. But I guess he's Jeter. Jeter! He's Jeter. Whatever. Good for him. He was going to get in anyhow. Even as a Red Sox fan, you never really hated him. You only respected him, and you you hated to play against him, but... As a Blue Jays fan, I did not care for him. Yeah. Didn't... Didn't care for him at all. He was a terrible ball player. So were the, so were the, so was Nomar. What do you think about Kurt Schilling? Why isn't he getting in? Probably because he's a wackadoo. Because his political stance and his kind yeah. of outrageous comments on things, his commentary in the political world. It's got to be something to do with it because ultimately you vote a guy into the Hall of Fame and he's suddenly, like it or not, an ambassador for the game. And he represents the best the game has to offer. So, like, I mean, stats aside, you kind of like, who do we want... What personalities, what... Could not disagree um, more with you. Personas do we want to be in this League of Legends? Could not disagree more. I'm not saying it's right, but that's the reality. The the criteria to be voted into the Hall of Fame should be what you did on the field when you played. That's it. Does, shouldn't be what you say afterwards or what you did before. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, Kurt that's, Schilling that's should be in the Hall of Fame. Rose and Schilling are two completely different things. True. But I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Despite cheating? He didn't cheat. He bet on the game. Yeah. That's not cheating. What about the steroids guys? No, no. They cheated. Mike McGuire? Yes. But... Clemens? You should just get rid of everybody from that era. Because I guarantee you there's guys in the Hall of Fame who took steroids. Yeah, but at the same time, those guys saved baseball. Like, when it was at his lowest in like the early 90s, and these guys started popping up, hitting like 50, 60, 70 home runs every year... And these huge monsters that yeah. everyone wanted to tune in. They yeah, they they did. But they cheated. Yeah. So yeah. that's there's that. You shouldn't be rewarded for cheating. Just like the Houston Astros. I think they should lose their oh World gosh. Series. Yeah. Well, LA is making like an official petition. Yeah. Like the city of Los Angeles is like the mayor is involved. And then Boston's I heard is in this too, where they were accused of cheating as well. They yeah, they are but technically, Cora, the Boston's coach, was fired for what he did as as the Astros coach. Yes. Not what he did as a member of the Red Sox. But I'm I sure mean, he did carry over some of his stuff. Yeah. I would imagine. But it's not as serious as it, the stuff that Houston did. It's It looks really bad. Do you see the players um, were wearing like mics and buzzers? And not stuff? mics, yeah, buzzers. buzzers on their shoulders. I saw a report too that they threw the uh, their coaches under the bus for like immunity. Like they're, they're negotiating out of this stuff. It's just. It is a messy situation. Baseball is in trouble. Yeah. That sport has just been dwindling with their fan support. No one watches it on TV. It's it's not a game that is suitable for entertainment. It's not. During these times. Playoff baseball is one thing. It's though. exciting playoff baseball. Playoff baseball is great, especially that one game play-in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but even if you look at like the Astros players home and away splits during the playoffs, oh, it's outrageous. Altuve's hitting like one forty six away and like six hundred at home. It's, like, it's amazing how oh much gosh. like difference Altuve, Bregman, uh, Springer, all those guys. Yeah, three to four hundred points better at home. It's bizarre. I feel bad for Clayton Kershaw and those yeah. pitchers coming oh, in there. He's like Thornton and Marlowe, not quite that. Yes, yet, but like give that guy a chance. But he there. and he just got lit up in Houston. Because of like you could hear the cans, the whistles, the yep. buzzers. Like it's blatant cheating. I think I think they should lose their championship. There Without someone, a doubt. Some pitcher, I think it was Marcus Stroman, tweeted something yeah, the other day. The Stroh about, show. He was like, I'd rather I'd rather face a guy on steroids than a guy who knew what pitch was coming. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Well, if you're a professional baseball player and you know where that ball's going, yeah. Like it's see you later. You know? It's just like um a hockey player, if you know which way the goalie's gonna lean, you're gonna score. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. So, shame on you, Houston Astros. Shame on you. How about football? Do you see that the uh, the draft report coming out, like where they're holding the draft in Las Vegas? I stopped caring for football since ever since the refs robbed the Buffalo Bills in that playoff game versus the Houston Texans. Robbed what, them. What, two weeks ago? Three weeks ago, <laughs> they robbed the Bills when they were in field goal range. They called one of their offensive linemen for a crackback block completely ridiculous call gives him a 15 yard penalty pushes him out of field goal range they have to punt houston goes down and scores game's over can't believe it can't believe it still bitter about it did see the draft thing 
I don't know if it's serious or not, but it just is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, what can possibly go wrong? Right? Let's let's ship these massive men to a floating stage, a tiny stage, when they get drafted, and nothing will go wrong. And think about like the egos and personalities that like first round college football players have at, at these huge schools where they don't even go to class. Like they're going to pull some crazy stunts. Someone jumping in the water. Oh, someone, for sure. Oh, gosh. someone's going to have a speedo on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be something else. I is it real though? I don't even know if it's real. I'm pretty sure it's real. There was the pictures were pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. So unless someone's going pulling an elaborate hoax, that should be interesting. All right. Let's bring it back to hockey. So I have been watching the Sharks lately. They, much like their name of their rink, they've been tanking pretty heavy lately. <laughs> yeah. And it's wearing on my my guy Jumbo. He is when when he just kind of knows he's gonna lose and he's in a bad mood, he just starts lashing out and he slashes, he hits dirty, he just kind of turns into like a really aggressive mean player. And because of this, they've been getting into a few scraps. Yep. He uh, you know, the last few games he's been scrums, this and that. They played Colorado last week and he went after Kadri. Cotter has been doing some stuff. There's stick work, blah, blah, blah. Jumbo didn't like it. They came together, and they started a little – a little. How, how's she going? Did you play against Kadri? Oh, yeah, many times. They – everyone came together. It was almost like a five-on-five brawl. We're not like a brawl brawl, but everybody paired off. What I did not like in that whole situation was Eric Carlson. He's on the ice, not interested at all in helping his team, ripping a guy off a player, and just basically being a warm body. You know what I mean? Just just getting in the scrum, protecting your teammates. He is off to the side, leaning on his stick, looking up in the stands. It almost seems like he's just annoyed by his team. Like, ugh, why are we doing this? Really, we're having a scrum right now? It just it speaks volumes for how A, their season is going, and B, where they are headed. You can't have one of your top guys having that reaction. It's just he he is not going to last there. That's my prediction. Yeah, but who do they trade him to with that contract? I don't know. I don't know, but it is not working. He's, I mean... I guess he's not in his prime anymore, but he's still not old. He's like, what, 31? He's a good player. He's still, well, he should be one of the elite defensemen. He is a shell of his former self. Yeah, but, like, he was good enough that he could take a bad team and make him a good team. Like, he was that good in he Ottawa. He took Ottawa to the playoffs so, like, many times. So he could he could take another team to the playoffs ostensibly, you know, if in the right fit. And, again, he's still young enough, and especially with defensemen. A lot of those guys don't find their prime until 32, 33. Look at, like, Niedermeyer. Look at Pronger. Look at a lot of those guys. So he could be that type of player. But, you know, he's got to be frustrated. And they have, do you think the other guys take notice? They notice oh, without a doubt. They notice who, when someone doesn't join in? Well, well, we even noticed it when we went to dinner with those guys and saw yeah. them in the restaurant. Like, we we just were asking, how's the team going? And I'm not afraid to ask questions. Like, yeah. I, I go right in on it. Like, what's going on? Like, why are these guys struggling? What's happening? What's going on with Kane? What's going on with – I asked him, what's going on with Carlson? And I'm not going to say who answered the question, but they're like, yeah, he's terrible. He's checked out. He's not invested. And he just does not want to play, really. Yeah. And, I, and maybe I'm paraphrasing words, but that's the – is that the message you got? Yeah. Like, we asked him, like, what's he like? And all they could say is that he talks a lot. Yeah. That was that was the only thing they said about him. He talks a lot. Talks a lot and doesn't really do much. Which is like – I mean, that speaks volumes. Yeah. They're, they're saying stuff without saying it right there. Yeah. So – it's uh, it's concerning, and we were talking to guys on the Sharks who like they know, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't I don't see how he lasts there. I I really don't. They get like Pickles is there for another five years. Burnsy's there for I don't know five six more years. I mean, why why wouldn't someone like why wouldn't like Jumbo and Marlowe just request a trade? They wouldn't have to move. Let me, let me just rent me out for three months to see if I can do a run with another team, and I'll come back in the off season and try again. Jumbo doesn't year. want to do that. I Why not? Think, Why wouldn't he? I just think he likes being in San Jose. Yeah, but like for basically just live live somewhere else for two months. I don't think he needs to have the cup to validate himself. Really? I feel like he is secure enough in his hockey career and himself where he he has already accepted that he might never win the cup. Whereas Pat, I think Patty will do that. Yeah. I guarantee he'll have a conversation 
with um, Doug Wilson and say, hey, if there's anybody asking, I'd be more than willing to go because he wants the cup without a doubt. Whereas, I, like I said, I don't think Joe is that sure Joe wants it, but I don't think he as is as hungry as Patty is. Do you think Thornton has another 90 points in his career? No. That would that would mean another two years of hockey. Yeah. I don't think he has a 60-point year next year. Okay. And that's putting him on pace to get, I think he has, what, 20 more points this year, 30 more points? Right now he's 14 overall in, in, in all-time points leader with 1497. And number 10 is Phil Esposito with 1590. So I don't there's no touches, way he cracks top 10. I don't 10. think he touches Esposito. I think he'll get 1,520 points, and that's a heck of a career. Yeah, I mean, that puts him just... With 1520, he stays where he is. The next guy up is 1531 with Paul Coffey. Yeah, he he's... Also, he'll catch Paul Coffey. So Coffey's 1531, Recky's 1533, and then the big jump to 1579 with Ray Bork. Oh, so he, he could, could potentially get 12 or 13. Where, where would that put him? Yeah, so if he gets if he gets 40 more points in his career, he'll be number 11. That's unbelievable. Or 12, maybe. That's impressive. Uh, he could definitely do that. He could yeah. potentially do that this year if he goes on a roll. And re- but I don't think he will. He'll have to play next year. But, no, Jumbo, he's he's a, he loves hockey, but he doesn't need the cup to kind of validate his career. Who's the, who's next behind behind him after of active players? Active players, points? Yep. That would be um, Ovechkin. Yep. Right behind him is Crosby. I was just going to say that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm just so good at trivia. It's unbelievable. Um, All right. Speaking of Sharks, you see that Marlowe tweet? Christine tweeted that? Patrick's wife? His wife. Yeah. So I guess the, the Sharks have this new thing where players pick their own, I think, goal songs or something. Um, so she was asking which players or which which songs Patrick should do because he, he doesn't have his own social media. Shocker. Um, some of them were pretty funny. I don't know if you thought it. Like, what would that be for you? What, what should Patty have his song as? He needs to have a song... That's an older song, obviously, but kind of that plays on his his age a little bit. We talked about it earlier. I came with a good one. What was it? Was it was a Toby Keith. I ain't as good as I once was, <laughs> but I was good once as I ever was. Something like that. Yeah. I think that'd be a great song. He scores a goal. I ain't as good as I once was. That'd be so great. <laughs> I would love that if that was his goal song. Does he have that kind of self-deprecation? I used to be hell on wheels. Back when I was a younger man, I feel like I feel like Thornton would be better with like that self. My body humor says, "Oh, you can't do it, boy." But Marlo, I don't know if he's. But my pride that says, "Oh, yes, you can." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Patty would do that, but that would be a good jumbo song. What do you, What do you think Patty would pick for himself? Like, what does he listen to? What's his? Do you have any, no one knows. No one has. No one knows at all. He is very private. Yeah, but not private. Just he doesn't like our interview when we drop it. He just is not a big talker, you know, not a big talker. So I'm guessing it would be some kind of classic rock, yeah, like Rush or something like that. Yeah. Something great, but yeah, something that isn't too exciting. Yeah, it's going to be like Billy Joel or something. Nothing wrong with Billy Joel. I would, if I had a goal song other than Smash Mouth, Hey Now You're an All-Star, <laughs> um, I would probably pick, probably Piano Man, yeah. That's the goal song? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, imagine that. Do, 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 do. Blue what about Jean, if you had a baseball walk-up song? Would that be the same thing? LA, um, later. Um, a baseball walk-up song. Put me in coach. That would be a good one. <laughs> John Fogarty. I blared that one day in the locker room. After the lineup came on the board, the coach wrote it on the board, and I Which went coach? up. Oh, gosh, what team was it? I can't remember what team it was. But I went through that song on, and I blared it, and I go, Coach, this one's for you. <laughs> and it's a dear, dear, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play today. All the guys were dying. I was just like, but seriously, can I get a game here once in a while? Like, This is actually serious for my life. I want to play. But should we talk about the All-Star game coming up? I do. I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. Big elephant in the room here. The big, massive elephant in the room. So, the stage is set. Where are they? Where's it going to be this year? St. Louis. St. Louis. The oh, the Windy City. Love St. Louis. Have you been? Beautiful. Besides Never been. the rink. Never been. <laughs> Never been to that place. Loved playing there, the Scott Trade Center. But um, 
stop taking pictures of me. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's not for me. It's for the fans. Uh, they don't want to see me right now. Someone's going to chirp my hat or my sweater. Something silly. You're still hiding your haircut from last time. <laughs> I still hate it. Can't stand it. Can I see? No. I uh, <laughs> see? No. Pull my hat down more. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I, I do still get a ton of media requests around this time. Yeah. People calling and... Hey, That's not going to go away. Can we get think. your take on this? And I usually say no. I did the Landsberg thing today just because he's a pretty big deal and he's a really great guy. So I don't know. It was. Um, it brings me back to when I when I got voted in and like, should we go into the whole process or have we even talked about that? We haven't really. I mean, we talk about we talk about the All Star game, but not the details of the weekend and what led up to it. And well, what if we did a teaser and then we did a big show on it? Next let's week get into or something. it a little bit. Let's, let's let's get let's tease it out a little bit. We'll tease it because we've been talking for what a half an hour now. I don't know. People like the long episodes. They don't. I, I don't like doing them. So let's just do. We'll do the build up to it, and then we'll maybe do another one about the actual All Star Game. Is that does that work for you, Tim Wurzberger? I think that'll be fine. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Appreciate it. The first, the first, the first thing from the All Star Game was Jeff Merrick and. Greg Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Who, by the way, <laughs> sent me an Instagram message yesterday asking for help with his article. And it's like, not a chance, man. You let, you let them on read. No, I'm not going to respond to that. Or I should no. just respond, no. Mm, no. No. Like, not a chance, man. And he's going to be like, oh, I helped you out. I voted you in the All-Star game. He also ruined my career and made a huge joke out of me. Anyways. <laughs> um... <laughs> So they started this. I don't want to get to everyone knows about it. They started this voting thing. Let's vote for John. So while this is going on, I skyrocketed to first place, I would think within a week, where yep. I was well ahead of the second guy, so much far ahead that usually the NHL will release the vote totals at certain segments during the month. They did not even release those vote totals because I was so far ahead of the next guy where it was almost embarrassing. The league probably just didn't want to look bad, where I was probably at a couple million and Ovechkin was at like 800,000. That's the amount of support that was thrown behind me. It was overwhelming. It was great. But it just, the league was probably like, what do we do with this guy? So every, after the first, I would say, week and a half, I would have these meetings with my GM, who at the time was Don Maloney. He would call me into his office. Arizona. Arizona. Right? And he would say, hey, so what do you think about this? The first meeting was, it was very casual. Nothing, you know, was offered. He just said, what do you think about this all-star thing? And my coach, we talked to him about it too. And he just said, we don't want this to be a distraction. We want to make sure that you're okay with it. What are your thoughts? And they were gauging how I felt about it. And I just was honest. I said, well, I think it's kind of fun. I don't think anything will come of it. I think I'll end up losing but, you know, the fans are just worked up right now, and there was still three, four weeks to go, and the fad or the novelty of it will wear off. And that's how we left it. So another three, four, five days goes by, and I get another meeting with the GM. It was somewhere in, the, in, a, in a restaurant after a pregame meal or something. In, in normal season, how often would you meet with the GM one-on-one? -on -one? Never. Never, yeah. ever, ever. So the first time he called me up to his office, I thought I was getting traded. Because we were winning. We were projected that season to be last place like we had a young team and everyone thought they're going to be terrible we had like Domi Duclair Tobias Ryder we had a very young team donor but we had Larkman and Bog anyways I don't want to bore everybody with the team but we were in second place in the Pacific Division we were way way exceeding our expectations so I thought I was getting traded the first uh, meeting but anyways so the second one he started to I could tell he was talking to the league because he would say things like, well, do you want to go? And I was like, well, I'm not voted in yet. And he's like, well, if you do get voted in, would you go? And that's at the, that's when I realized like, I'm going to, I'm going to win this vote. Like I'm that far ahead. And he said, well, what do you think? If you win, will you go? And he's trying to gauge my, I'm like, yeah, I would definitely go. I think this is a neat thing. He's like, well, don't aren't you worried do you you know this is kind of a joke and i said no like it's i know it's a joke but it you know i think it's it's a it's an exhibition game it's the all-star right. game you know the my guys in the team they're excited for me 
you know, I was getting negative press at that time, but I was kind of leaning on the players, and everybody's like, yeah, you should definitely go. So we left it at that. Another three, four, five days goes by. We have another meeting. And he said, well, look, you're going to win. Like, it's obvious now. I think we were two weeks away from the final thing, and he's like, if things continue, you are definitely going to win. By that point, I was probably light years ahead of the next guy. Will you make a statement to throw all your votes to somebody else? Because we don't think it's appropriate that you're getting all this recognition. Shane Doan might be in his last year. Oliver Ekman Larson's having a great year. Will you throw your support to them? And I hesitated. I, I, I said, let me think about it. And I went back, and they wrote a statement for me. They wrote a whole thing for me that said, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I appreciate the votes. Can you please stop voting for me, basically, and throw your support towards these guys? I saw that. I didn't like it. I edited it a little bit, and I was like, I appreciate the support. Can you please vote for those guys as well as me? You know, just to try to, I don't know, I just didn't want to bow out. I thought it was kind of cheesy that they were trying to make me do that. Anyway, so that goes on. I win the vote. We have another meeting. The league doesn't want you to go. Would you be willing to, or was this before I won the vote? Maybe it was before, still, where they offered me a a share of the winnings if I didn't go. If I bowed out and said, I I don't deserve this, they would give me a share of the Pacific team's winnings. So if the Pacific team won, I would get money. If they didn't win, I wouldn't get money. But I would Mm -hmm. still get the same share that you get for going to the All-Star game. I think you get like 10 grand for going. Um, I said no. We had another meeting a couple days later. What if we up that to share the winnings and you get a vacation anywhere in the world? I said no. Upped it again. Vacation for you, your family, anywhere in the world, plus a share, plus something else. And I was like, no. Another meeting, you're traded. So I just went ting, 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 ting. You're traded to Montreal. I was like, great. Well, I was devastated. I'm not going to say great. I was devastated. We were still having a good year at that point. I was playing well. And you liked it. I liked it there a lot. Like, the weather was great. The guys were great. It was just a good situation for me. There was, Who was your buddy on that team? Who was your go-to? Um, like, Steve Downey was there. We weren't really great buddies, but we hung out quite a bit just because. And Joe Vitale hung out quite a bit yeah. with him. Kyle Chipchura. Um, the younger guys I kind of hung out with a little bit. Maxi and Anthony. Um, it was just a really close team. Like, we, I didn't really have a best friend, but I think I hung out with pretty much everybody. Um, but, yeah, I get traded to Montreal. I'm like, great. So I not great, but I'm I'm shook. Never, you never like getting traded. I called my wife. I said, "Hey, you won't believe it. I got traded to Montreal. I'm in I'm in the locker room. I don't know what to do. I am going to I'm saying goodbye to the guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Montreal. You know, could be worse. I'm still in the NHL, original six team. Montreal's doing terrible that year, so I'm, I'll get some ice time. The GM grabs me again. Twenty five minutes later, he's like, actually. They're, Montreal's sending you down. You're going to St. John's. I was like, oh, I remember I, I like looked him right in the eyes. Like, you got to be effing kidding me. Yeah. And when he said I was traded, I, I said that as well. I said, why are you trading me? And I remember asking him that question. I said, why are you trading me? This doesn't make any sense. And he's like, it's a hockey move. We're getting Jared Tenorti. And I was like, are you? And I, I, I like, no, like, it's not a hockey move. And he's like, this is going to be good for the team. And I was so infuriated. I just kind of said, fine. Like, whatever i'm out of here i wish i would have just like kind of questioned him a little bit more like really it's a good hockey move jared tenorti the guy's a bum like he's terrible he's you think he's going to be more tougher than me no like he brings nothing to the table that i don't anyways this is where i had my first instinct to retire i was like i'm not gonna go this is a, a joke i'm not gonna go to st john's back to the ahl my wife's pregnant with our twins it's a circus you know i've been through enough to that point with the media with all that circus and i just had had enough i was like i'm done and so you know i called my wife i went back to my apartment montreal was calling like we need to book flights i was ignoring them arizona was calling like why aren't you answering your phone you need to talk to montreal and this all happened within like an hour we're like i was just getting calls 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 and i just wanted to talk to my wife and figure out what to do she talked me off the ledge, and I was like, all right, I'll go to St. John's, and we'll just kind of figure out what happens, and we'll go from there. So I'm in Arizona. 
I pack up a bag, grab my hockey gear. I think I took four flights to get to St. John's probably <laughs> like 25 hours later. Bizarre. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy 24 hours. And I'm getting calls from media this whole time, too. My phone, my phone is blowing up, and I don't know how to react. I'm just, I just literally talked to my wife, got my flights, and then turned my phone off. I was like, this, this is not happening right now. I didn't know what was happening with the All-Star game. I, was, I just didn't know. The NHLPA was trying to talk to me. They didn't know what was happening. No one knew. I had already been voted in. No one knew what was happening. So, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy time in my life. Let's just t- stop it there. Cliffhanger. And we'll pick it up next time. Because there's a lot of other stuff that happens once I get to St. John's. Stuff that's like not even in your book no. and not, definitely not in the podcast. No one's ever heard this stuff, I think. Like a lot of back and forth with the NHL, the NHLPA, talking to people in the NHL. Like all of this stuff is happening. And it's just there's a lot, a lot of stuff that happens from uh, the time I get traded. Oh, I didn't even mention talking to the NHL before I got traded. So I had this like really heated conversation with someone in the NHL about like him challenging me, why I should go, this and that. I've talked about that a ton. So yeah. anyways, there's a ton of stuff after I went to St. John's, personal, professional. It's just, it's actually pretty interesting. I don't really talk about it too much because I, I don't like airing people's laundry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember even thinking like maybe on one of the shows or after I read your book, we talk about how far away St. John's <sighs> is. Because I'm like, in my head, I, again, being from Boston, I'm like, okay, like, the U.S. goes up to, like, northwest, northeast and Maine, and, like, Canada's not much further east than that. But it's, like, another 500 miles oh, yeah. east of St. It's like crazy. It's the furthest point east in North America. Oh, my gosh. Like, you don't realize how much further east and north New England or uh, North America goes than Boston. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a long way from Boston to Newfoundland. Yeah. They just got hammered with snow this past week. Did you see that? No. 10 to 15 feet they got in like 24 hours. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. The whole province is just like snowed in. It's amazing. Crazy, crazy stuff. Are you glad you're not there? I could have been. Like there's events that they have all the time. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. But anyways, you get a, yeah. let's pick it up, I think, next time. Let's do it. What should, we t- should we close off with anything else? Uh, the only thing, other thing I wanted to talk about was that, that picture. I don't know if you saw it with Lucic, Krejci, and Horton. I did. Oh, yeah. you're so funny. This is so funny because Tim texted me Saturday night. He was out partying it up like the single guy he is. He's at um, one of my favorite restaurants in town, Rare Bird. It's like a brewery, pub kind of vibe. Yep. He sends me a text. Hey, I think Nathan Horton's at the same place as I am. And I didn't respond just because it was late. And then I you big leagued me, but <laughs> the guy looked exactly like Nathan Horton, exactly. Right, like the guys I was with didn't know hockey, but I showed him a picture of Horton. They're like, "That's that's him, that's him right there." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know, I don't think it is." But they're like, "No, that's definitely him." Uh, turns out it wasn't. Yeah, because the next day he's got a picture with Krejci and Horton, wherever they, I mean Krejci and Lucic, wherever they are, probably in Canada somewhere. One of the biggest biggest power lines, arguably. The most effective one since the Legion of Doom in Philadelphia. Was, they were so good. Yeah. Uh, they would score goals. They were just punishing physically. They didn't have, I mean, they just, they were would terrible bully guys. to play against. Yeah. They would throw the puck in the corner. Horton or Lucic would go and dig it out, give it a Krejci. Krejci would throw it on net or make a play, and they would score. It was awesome. They were really, and I play with Nathan Horton in juniors. Aren't you older than I am by a few years, but he was, gosh, I think he must have been 14 or 15 years old when he was playing in that league. I must have been 16 or 17. And he played the year before. So I think he played when he was 13, and then he was 14 when I played with him. And he was dominating. So he was like three or four years younger than you, and he got to the league before you yeah. did? <laughs> but even in that Junior B league, I was a young guy in that league when I was 16 yeah. or 17 because there was 20-year-old guys in that league. And he was really? 13, like dominating these 20-year-old men. That's crazy. And it, we won the championship. Well, gosh, we won our division, lost in the Ontario championships that year. We were a good team. Were you, on, were you on the team with him? Yeah, yeah. What was he like as a kid? You well, he was so shy. He was just this young yeah. kid. But you could tell he was going to be something special. He got drafted first overall to, gosh, what was his junior team? Oshawa? I want to say the Oshawa Generals. I, I can't remember. But, yeah, he got drafted first that year. Then he went number 10 overall, I think, to Boston. Panthers, Florida. To Panthers, excuse me, yeah. Who yeah. did he get traded for to Boston? Uh, Wideman, I think. Good trade for Boston. Yeah. Until he got hurt. That's sad. The Bruins have had a few guys, their careers get cut short because of concussions. He was such a, like, the fans loved yeah. him. He had that moment in the 11 run where he, he was already out from the injury with the concussion, but he brought a, a water bottle 
of ice from the Boston Garden that he spurted onto the the uh, the ice on I think it is either uh, Vancouver or Tampa. I forget which series it was, but like just to bring a little bit of of home to the ice, and people love that stuff. That's pretty cool. It was. It was really cool. And then obviously he's still got a ring, got his name on the cup. Yeah, and he's a really, really nice guy. And the picture he looks like he's pretty jacked, so. Oh, he looks huge. Krejci looks like skinny and old. Really? Yeah, he's the only one still. I Lucci's technically still playing. But. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, well, I think Horton's still getting paid. Probably. I really do because, yeah, he signed a long deal there too. But yeah, that stinks when you see that. What could have been for him? Oh, he's still so young. He's got to be, what, 33? He could have been like an Aginla type player, yeah, I think. better than Aginla. Poor guy. But anyways, yeah, that was not him at Rare Bird. Shout out to Rare Bird. Get the buffalo chicken sandwich if you go. No free ads, John. Come on. No, I know. Anyways, that was fun. That was a fun little text. But anyways, we'll get back to the All-Star game next week. We'll dive into that a little more. And then we'll get into uh, kind of some post-All-Star game scenarios. What teams need to do? Who needs to? Pre-trade deadline. What's that? Pre-trade deadline scenarios. Yeah, which teams need to just have a fire sale? Which teams need to load up? Who needs what? Bruins need a goalie, right? <laughs> and defensemen. Well, look at who's been hurt. Rask. Halak's been yeah. holding down the fort, so they do need a goalie. <laughs> yeah, the Bruins have blown like seven three-goal leads this year, and, and Halak was in the net for six of them. Boom. Need a goalie. So, they yeah. need a goalie. Now they need a goalie, not when Rask was out. I played with Halak for a day and a half when he got traded to Buffalo. He sat <laughs> next to me in the locker room. I'm like, hey, man. He's like, I'm getting traded. Don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so where are you going to get a place? He's like, not even going to unpack my bags. No yeah, he's way. Like, I'm literally going to get traded in a day and a half. And sure enough, he got traded a day and a half later. We got traded to Buffalo and traded away yeah. right away? Right away. Interesting. Did he even dress for the for a game? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> he was there for like a day and a half, and he got dealt again. He sat right next to me. That's I had like four or five goalies sit next to me in like a week and a half. It was like Neuverth, Halak, um, and someone else. Then we finally ended up with somebody else. It was so bad. We were just like yeah. a farm team at that point in Buffalo. Good times. Good That's times. Funny. But anyways... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a good week. Cheers.